1: LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, as a nurse, she experienced a lot of difficult situations, but she didn't expect to check on a patient and see a tall black hooded figure leaning over
1: This is Real
0: Ghost Stories Online. That it is. And yeah, 855-853-4802, the phone number to share your real ghost stories with us. We would absolutely love to hear them. Uh, and if you want access to the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, all that stuff, check it out on uh, Apple Podcasts, on our premium channel there. You can try it for free, patreon.com slash stories or ghostpodcast.com Let's uh, jump into our first phone call of the day at 855-853-4802 My name Hi. Is
1: Courtney and I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 17 years um, I've had several experiences some good, some bad um, but I'm going to discuss the kind of first experience that I've had with a paranormal outside of of my personal life I I am very sensitive and I've sensed things in the past um, and I have many stories so if you'd like to hear any more I would be more than happy to call back but this story is related to my job as a nurse I had been a nurse for about a year and a half and I worked on a regular uh, floor at the time um, and I had you know six patients I worked nights and I had this one patient um, an older older lady who was passing away, and she was in a room that was all the way down the end of our West hallway on the right-hand side, and it's what we call an isolation room. So it has an anti-room, which is the room in front of it, and then the, the room, you go into that, and then the patient's room is through another door, and it's for patients in isolation for tuberculosis or measles or any airborne-type uh, 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 infections. She didn't have any of that, but that was the room that she was in at the time. The hard thing about this room is unless you go all the way into the anteroom and turn slightly to the right, you can't see the patient's bed from the uh, hallway uh, uh, door and there was a glass window on, on that door. So you had to go all the way in to see it. So I'd gone in and I had, you know, went in to introduce myself to the family and I went into this room and there was no family. And I was really kind of puzzled, and she's laying there, obviously comfortable. We've given her some medicines to keep her comfortable. Um, And so I stepped out, and I went to my charge nurse and said, hey, there's no family or anybody for this patient in this room. And she said, oh, yes, she has three kids. Um, They said she was a horrible human being in life, terrible, terrible person, super abusive, just a dark human being no one loved her anymore no one liked her she had no friends and they don't care that she dies it couldn't happen quick enough and so just call them when it's over and then call this company that will come pick her up and cremate her for a um, like really low price it was kind of what we we had for you know there was no service there were no memorial there was none of that they just wanted her dead and gone And so that made me feel kind of sad because, you know, I was still very young and I knew people like that existed out there, but I just never really felt it and experienced it. And I try to be with folks at the end of life because that's really, really important. I think having support and love around them um, helps them maybe pass a little bit more peacefully and easier. So I kind of stilled myself and said, wow, that's really terrible. Went on with my night. And then, at about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, my telemetry tech, the person who watched the EKG, said, hey, your patient in that room, um, her heart rate has stopped. Like, she no longer has a heartbeat. And so, can you go check on her? So, I said, sure. I finished up what I was doing. And I went down the end of that hallway, and I walked into the ante room, And I suddenly was hit with this wall of just sorrow, pain, like physical agony in my body, cold, chills, hot, flush, like all of these feelings all at one time. And I was like, it was like walking into a noxious fog. And I was just kind of not thinking anything of it. Um, And I walked forward and I turned slightly right. Sorry, it makes me kind of freaked out. Thinking about this again, um, I looked straight ahead once I turned slightly right, and some of the lights in the room were on, so it wasn't completely dark. And in the on the left-hand side of her bed, toward at the head of the bed, there was a huge, tall, ten-foot-tall, black, hooded figure, and it was leaning down over her head of her bed down onto her like reaching and I kind of say it's like you know if you're if you were taking your hands to do like a diamond push-up kind of close in proximity like that reaching down towards her and I immediately freak out turn heel and run out of there I noped out of there so fast because it was horrifying and I run down to the end of the hall and I get my charge nurse and I said oh my gosh there's something in her room and she said what are you talking about and I'm I'm pale I'm sweaty I'm on the verge of tears like I am right now (laughs) and I said something's in her room I, I it was it was like a demon or something, and, and my charge nurse said, Oh, I totally believe you. You know, people that are evil and things like that. I bet you a demon came from hell, or one of the devil's minions came to literally retrieve her soul. And I got cold chills everywhere, I was freaking out. I said, I am not going in that room alone, I need people to come with me. So, the charge nurse, you know, the secretary at the time. Said, okay, we'll go with you. And they were both very, very religious, which I'm not as uber religious, but I have spiritual beliefs. And so she's like, we just need to pray that we're going to be protected. So say protection prayers about you, however you need to say it, like, you know, limiting entry or exit of anything into your body kind of a thing. So we're going down the hallway and we're whispering quietly while turning on the lights and closing all the other patient doors so we don't disturb them because we need some light to see what's going on. And I... Get, we get down to that room and you know we're saying these prayers of protection you know don't let anything touch me nothing's allowed into me please give us me strength to get through this and clear anything from evil from from this building and so the all gets to the door and we kind of take a deep breath and we walk in and we turn on the anteroom room light because it's a big room and we all take a breath again and turn towards the right to look at her bed and there's nothing in there, just her laying in, in the bed and obviously the feast. Um, and she said, oh, thank God it's it's taken whatever it wanted to take and it has left us in, in peace. And my charge nurse went over and said some prayers over her. And I'm quietly saying some protection prayers um, myself and just feeling like super scared, um, but better. Like that oppressive feeling was gone we pronounce the patient then notify the family etc and then that's the end of the story but it still causes me to have a visceral reaction just thinking about it and I don't know if I explained it well enough or if I rambled so if I did I'm sorry thank you guys so much and I really enjoy your podcast and I hope you enjoy my story thanks
0: That's, you know, kind of one of those where they, uh, I guess the statement, let sleeping dogs lie. Um, That's how I kind of feel about some people like that, where I I get like she kind of has the, um, you know, she's the the person who knows nothing about the horrible human being that everyone in their life has said, this person is basically evil. Like, oh, they deserve a little attention at death. No, some people just don't. Some people can just kind of... (laughs) I'm sorry. You have what you have coming to you. And if there's no one that gives a shit about you because you've treated everyone so horribly throughout your life, tough shit. Um, I I don't have a lot of pity for that sort of thing, Uh, but it seems like, okay, they got in there and, and, you know, trying to show some compassion and it's like borderline exorcism.
2: I think too, when you, uh, because I've had a I've heard a lot of stories from people who are caregivers, mm-hmm. uh, whether it be nurses or doctors or or whatever. And then you you have a lot of stories about end of life, right? Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of those do come through. and I would like to think that we are all forgivable for the nasty stuff we've done in our life because certainly we've all done some nasty stuff. Um but after you just said that, it's like, you know what? you know maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe just best leave that alone. Some people are just evil. Some people just
0: live really, I mean, yeah, we all have done bad things. We've all done nasty stuff and within reason that sort of stuff can be forgiven, but there are some people who are just cruel and shitty and have caused nothing but torment and anxiety and trauma to every person they've ever interacted in their life, just for their own ego and for their own attention seeking ways. And some people just get old and they go to the grave like that. I don't know like why at the end it's like, oh, let's like, fuck it. Like the family, <laughs> the family seems to have made peace with it. They're like, no, they're a fucking horrible human being. We're not going to pretend there's something that they're not. That's what, you know, a lot of times when people are getting there, it's like, there's so much like, oh, let's pretend that this person really, you know, was this high achiever or did this or that was really great. It's like some people are just shitty people <laughs> and, yeah. they, and they yeah. die. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> I do applaud the obituaries that are out there where people really do lay out reality of what it was. And it's not some sort of like, you know, chat GPT-esque generated story of, you know, grandi- grandioseness or some bullshit. Um, it's just kind of like, yep, they were pretty shitty. Uh, they did this. They did that. And we're calling them out on it because why now is a better time than not uh, to, to do that. So
2: I don't know how many of those are out there, but that could be a nice little feature on a podcast one day.
0: If there was enough, I'd make a podcast all about just reading (laughs) shitty
2: obituaries. (laughs) You know, Aunt Helen was a bitch. That could be like
0: the title of the show Shitty Obituaries. It's just, I just don't know that there's enough of them or enough people that are willing to be that honest about it. But right. we we could make it where like people like use the show as the shitty obituary, like so and so died. I'd like to give the shitty obituary. Yeah, and, you know, yeah.
2: Maybe you don't even have to give the name. You could just call it, oh. like you said, Aunt Sally, or something. And
0: it could be uh, shitty eulogies too, where like people could actually deliver the shitty eulogy uh, yeah. on on the. and we
2: can play like bad organ music or something. (laughs) 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 Today's shitty eulogy. Uh, I had had to go to a funeral last week and I just can't believe we still do the same thing for dead people. Oh, yeah. Like I I was at the funeral home in our hometown basically and it's the one that everybody kind of goes to out by the park. Mm -hmm. Same damn room, same damn paint, same damn furniture, same damn lights next to the coffin. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. haven't we moved on from this? No. you and I had an idea of like having a disco rave kind of yes. funeral home or like, something. Make like that.
0: it like a club, and yeah. it's a really cool, fun place. And but you still have to serve senka, just like every funeral home does. If you don't have the senka, it it ain't a funeral home at all. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. Every funeral home I've been to, it's like there's no good coffee. It's like the crystal shitty instinct, and this yep. is it's not even like the good Starbucks stuff that exists now. It's like. The fucking Senka, like, and the, <laughs> yeah. and you think the jar is probably from about eighty four, and it yeah. probably is because it lives on forever at funeral homes. I don't know.
2: And only only five people have drank it in the last forty years. Exactly. But they still keep that jar. Yeah. Yet it still
0: tastes exactly like it did <laughs> in eighty four completely, even before they had expiration dates. It's still there. Anyway, uh, if you like the show, become a, a supporter. Uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts, or premium channel there. Patreon.com slash real ghost stories or ghostpodcast.com. While you enjoy a Sanka, half the audience has no idea what Sanka even is. Instant coffee, check it out. Folgers Crystals, another one to check out. Uh, all right, until that's done for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.